welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward, comma, Halloween edition. That is, if you are listening on Halloween, and if you're not, just pretend that you are, because this is a little bit of an episode that's going to be tinged with some spook and some scare and some trick and some treats. So this week I have on Cam from the What I Will Say podcast, one of my favorite people to podcast with. You definitely have heard her voice on here before. She came on and she walked us through the Swift Gron episode, which was basically a theory. Did Taylor Swift and Diana Agron date? You will be convinced after you listen to it. I certainly was. And then Cam was also on when her, me, and Enti did a three-way collab <laughs> and we talked about the Taylor Swift Awards. Now I have gotten some reviews from people. Love the five-star reviews, by the way. That is my, that's my treat. That's not the trick, but I love it. Okay, I'm going to stop with the puns. And some people have said, Shannon, you got to knock it off. You talk about Taylor Swift too much. So good news for both camps of people. If you want to hear more Taylor Swift, Cam and I did an hour and 40 minutes over on Patreon talking about the Midnight's Taylor Swift album, what we thought of the album, who we think the muses of the album are. Uh, we take it song by song. Is Taylor Swift now anti-marriage? Is she pro-marriage? What's her relationship with Joe like? So if you want to check out that very long episode, uh, an hour and 40 minutes, patreon.com slash fluently forward. And then for five bucks a month, you also get an extra episode every month. And this was just a bonus one that we did. And for people who want to hear less Taylor Swift, I also have something exciting for you. Kim Kardashian, she's doing a, a podcast now. I saw it on Spotify. I haven't listened to it because I don't like her. But if you want some content that's not talking about Taylor Swift, I can guarantee Kim Kardashian is probably never going to utter her name. So check that out. Give it five stars. All right. And now for our episode for this week, Cam and I are talking about cryptids and mythological creatures, and we are, it's kind of like the Taylor Swift Awards. You can play along with us, and I'll give you a table of contents of all of the animals we're talking about. We basically go through animal by animal, and we talk about the myths and legends they're involved in, the powers that they have, and then, you know, how dangerous are they on a scale of one to ten, and how sexy are they too? Because I can't be the only one that's kind of like, mermaids are a little bit sexy. And like angels versus demons, there's like something, if you like took a couple drinks and you maybe like squinted your eyes a little bit, what can I say? Maybe we're the freaks, but you know, that's what we do and we go through. So I'll give you a little um, teaser of some of the animals we're going to be talking about. I sound like a freak when I say animals, cryptids, mythological, hypothetical, fantasy animals. We don't actually like animals. And you can play along with us and see how uh, dangerous or fun you think that these creatures are. So some of the ones we cover today, mermaids, sirens, the minotaur, medusa, aliens, fairies, Bigfoot versus Yeti, and we talk about the difference of those creatures, centaurs, angels, demons, the Loch Ness Monster, mothmen, and vampires. And then we also did a partner episode over on Cam's podcast, What I Will Say, and we go all into vampires, specifically female vampires, specifically queer female vampires, and all of the like dangerous and erotic stories around them. It was a very fun episode, so go check that out. And without further ado, let's get into this spooky episode. Welcome back to the Fluently Forward podcast. Today we have on Cam from the What I Will Say podcast back for, I think, a th your third feature. Yeah, I think Forward. so. Yeah, I'm so yeah. glad to be here. Thank you for having me and happy spooky Halloween to us all. Happy Halloween. It's it's boo, beautiful, boo. <laughs> um, are you, what is your Halloween costume, by the way, this year? Um, I haven't decided yet, but I am going to see Stevie Nicks. So probably a oh. witch. It's got to be, oh. right? Oh, that's really good. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, my best friend Bridget's coming into town, and we, at this point, will have already been the two guys from Wedding Crashers, because something about Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn together, like, she's got dark hair, I've got blonde hair, and we're just going to get hammered and, like, quote them all night when we go out. That sounds like an amazing talk. So I think it'll be fun. And... Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking, this was your idea, and it was a really good idea. It's very on theme. We're going to be talking about different cryptids and mythological creatures, and we're going to kind of take them one by one, a little light skim, kind of happy hour session vibes, and we're going to talk about 
where the lore of these animals came from, how sexy they are, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how dangerous they are, which ones excite us, which ones terrify us. Now, when you brought this up, you said that they were called cryptids. Mm -hmm. And I have to be honest, I had to Google them because I had only referred to them as like mythological creatures. Where did you first hear of the word cryptids? Gosh, I don't know. I've always been a big X-Files fan. I I just adore the ideas of secret monsters living amongst us. I don't, I'm not sure. I guess I just Googled it. Um, I'm sure Mulder on the X-Files, David Duchovny's character, definitely said cryptozoology or cryptozoology at some point. So yes. I'm sure I learned yeah. it from there. See, a lot of these creatures I knew, there was this game and I think it was like a Russian PC game. And I literally bought a PC laptop just to play it called Heroes of Might and Magic. I don't know if anyone else has played it, but they have, you know, the griffins and the manticores and the medusas and um, just like all of these different animals that a little bit of them are kind of Greek mythology, a little bit of them are conspiracy animals, and it's just kind of woven together. So we're going to be going over a bunch from mermaids to centaurs to angels to the Loch Ness Monster and in between. Before we get in, what would you say your favorite cryptid is? Oh gosh. <clears throat> I have to say I'm a bit I'm very big into creatures from the sea. Because Ooh. so first of all, like some cryptids have proven to be real, like the giant squid. Like Yes. We yes. didn't even know the giant squid was a legit thing. We heard stories of it from sailors. We heard, you know, about the Kraken attacking ships. And literally it was like in the nineties, maybe the eighties, that they finally got hard proof like of a giant squid tentacle. And it's barely ever been on video, yet it exists. And we didn't even know about it for like thousands of years. Humans have been like writing things down and trying to figure shit out. And so like if I, I listen, I love me some Bigfoot, like I love me some Chupacabra, but like <laughs> if cryptids are like the realest cryptids to me, the most believable ones are do hail from the sea, in my opinion. Um, so I'm a big fan 100%. of Nessie. Hundred percent. You talking about that got me like so excited. Like I could go for like a workout right now or something. My <laughs> blood is like pumping. And you're right about the giant squid. I didn't know that it, it wasn't until that recently that we found it. But I remember doing a um. I did huge deep dives on conspiracy theories during 2020 when there was nothing else to do. Like I remember one morning I woke up and I watched the entire moon landing video, which is like really long. I think it's like two hours long. And I just like sat down and watched it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also was watching these videos about legends of the kraken and they were basically saying that legends of the kraken which is kind of like a giant squid plus octopus on steroids times 10 that could you know capsize ships with its giant tentacles maybe it exists we're never going to know because they don't have bones so they're kind of like octopus or squid where when they die there's not going to be any fossils of them so like maybe they did exist and we will just never know or Maybe they're under the, like, under the trenches. Did you ever watch the Meg, the Megalodon yes, movie? Yes, so, I was so into that concept. Um, <laughs> yes. I feel like I may have even read the book at some point. I was so, like, I had a shark's phase, like every young gay girl does. I definitely had a heart, <laughs> like a strong couple sharks years of my childhood. Yes. And um, just getting obsessed with the idea of sharks and great whites and there being something even bigger and badder than the great whites, but just kind of just beyond our reaches in, in the deeps, the depths of the sea just lurking Mm. beneath ready to I love it I love it I love that concept it's so good like and it's also like if you're guaranteed to have a campy movie if it's about the Meg because you know like it's not going to be that great of a movie but you know there's some action and like I can't recommend it enough so should we start off this episode with some kind of seafaring folk and kick it off with mermaids let's do it okay so we're going to talk about mermaids first and then sirens because I feel like You know, the fact that they're both described as these, like, womanly creatures who are in the ocean, and there's kind of, like, a little bit of sex appeal going on in there. And, by the way, for anyone who's listening, we are going to be ranking and rating all of these creatures in terms of how dangerous do we think they are, and also how sexy do we think they are, because it's Halloween, so why not? So, anytime I refer to any of these creatures... If you want to think of a mermaid as a merman, you can do that. If you want to think as a centaur, as a like woman centaur, just do that because, you know, we're going to have to rate them on how much they excite us and terrify us. Or or a mer person, you know, we yes. can have non-binary. Everybody's included here in this sexy. Or they're a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. they could be literally whatever you yeah. want. They could just be a vibe. It doesn't matter. I mean, they are there's literally no one who'll tell you that they don't exist. So <laughs> Okay, mermaids. So 
this has been kind of like one of the more typical legends and you, it's basically described typically female, but they have described masculine mermen. They had like a few of them in The Little Mermaid. And they're a marine creature with the lower half body of a fish and the top half body of a human. And they kind of are described as these divine beings. Definitely, if you had to rank, you know, where humans are compared to gods, you would probably put mermaids like a little bit above human. So they're pretty big in European folklore. And there's all of these legends that talk about how much they love music and they love to sing, where I think that's probably where The Little Mermaid came from when they turned it into Disney. I know, obviously, have you read the original story of The Little Mermaid, the Hans Christian Andersen? I have not. It is, I'm surprised you haven't because it's it's a very queer story mm -hmm. and apparently he wrote it about, you know, his lover that he had at the time. And it's this whole, the way that they have the movie of The Little Mermaid, it's beautiful. There's like dancing lobsters and the actual story of The Little Mermaid is so horrifying. Mm -hmm. It's all about having to change yourself and like give yourself up to try and fit in to get true love. And the scene of uh, Ariel and the mermaid becoming human, it's extremely painful in the book. Like she gets ripped from the inside, right? If you're having your tail split to create legs. And there's all of these scenes in the story of how she had to um, dance for her prince to make him happy. But every time she dances, it feels like knives are going into her feet because every step she takes after the transformation is painful. And she ends up not getting the prince in the end. It's like a horror. They really made... Like fairy tales back in the day, they were dark. They weren't fun. Yeah, um, I I, lo I just have to say the words "love will have its sacrifices," and that'll make sense later. Ooh. But um, yeah, the the I am familiar with the story and the the queer roots of the story, um, yeah. and just this idea that you do have to sort of transform yourself um, and sacrifice yourself to find love is a very queer idea. And but more, mermaids do have a place in horror as well, uh, as you were just mm. saying. That's that original story is very horrific, but also mermaids have been depicted as like horrific creatures that when you get close, they bare their teeth, they attack. Um, the mermaid episode that we get in the X-Files is a, an evil creature that is attacking humans with like mm -hmm. horrible little fangs and it's, a you know, so um, I, I, I love a mermaid. I love this idea that, you know, and I feel like mermaid legends were probably sort of propagated by male sailors. So, of course, yeah. they come back and they're like, no, bro, like, I fucked the hottest fish, bro. <laughs> like, I, I love I love the idea of mermaids um, and just sort of the, the you know, the, the salts on the air and the sailors, you know, just sort of yeah. sitting around being like, okay, like, they're so horny, stuck on this boat with all these men. And they're just like, oh, what if there was, like, a hot female fish? I'd do anything to just get there. Like, it's a good time. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast. I won't say his name, but I there was this guy that I was like loosely friends with in college once, and I was asking him, this just goes to show like what men can truly fantasize about anything and everything. And I asked him once, I was like, what's like the weirdest thing you ever like jerked off to, basically? And he was like, Well, once, like I was in my bed, like alone at night, and I was like, Okay, thinking that he's gonna say, like, he pulled up something on the internet and he like looked up something you know, crazy and niche. And he was like, there was a lamp on my bedside table and the way that it hit my knee cast a shadow on the wall that like kind of looked like a boob. And I'm like, that was what it took for you? Like the shadow of your knee on the wall was like enough to turn you on because oh it looked like a boob. Oh my God. I was like, yeah, like that was probably the weirdest thing. <laughs> I was like, okay. So like we got fish, we got shadows, like really anything can like become a fantasy if you, if you want to take it there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nuts. So um, yeah, love does come into these mermaid stories basically. And you know, not every cryptid has like an air of romance about it, but mermaids do. There are all these legends of men stealing mermaids' um, belts, their hats, their combs, their mirrors, their little trinkets, and then the mermaid has to come live with the man, and until she gets her trinket back, she can't go back to the sea. So it's kind of like this weird version of, like, you have to fall in love with me until you find your, you know, TJ Maxx hairbrush or something. Mm -hmm. So mermaids... How would you rank them out of 10 danger-wise and sexy-wise? 
Okay, hotness is easy. That's like a hard eight, strong nine. Like mermaids are yes. very hot. Everybody loves, you know, somebody out there in a bikini. Like, oh, um, and the shells, the shells. Oh, the for shell bra, right? Bras? Like they're just putting Come it on. all on display. I, I'm into Gorgeous. it. Um, the pearls too, like pearls in the ocean, pearls in their hair. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, great. You're like, everything's down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, as as far as danger. Gosh, I, I guess it depends on like which legend you're kind of hailing from. But I have like, when I hear mermaid, I do think of something dangerous. So I feel like I'm going to put it at like a, a seven or eight danger just because, first of all, it's so hot, you want to get close to it. But then you get close and out come the fangs. That's how I see mermaids. Yeah. And also, like, love is danger. <laughs> it <laughs> so is. Yes. Gosh. Okay. Having heartbroken. <laughs> you're really setting the scene for other things we're going to talk about later. So just, yes. <laughs> okay. So, so we'll give them. Uh, eight, nine on sexy and seven, eight on danger. Yeah. Okay. So similar to the mermaids, we have the sirens and these are, you know, these come from Greek mythology and instead of like a fish woman, this is a half bird, half woman. And once again, you know, you always have like the face of the woman, although I think it would be hilarious to one day have a cryptid where it's like, no, it's just the, it's just the face of the fish. And then it's like the legs of the lady. I think there is. I think really? there, you might have to edit this out, but there is like, I think it's called a Keltie or a Kelpie or, and okay. it's like a seal. It's like a woman who's part seal, but I think she has the seal's head and like a woman's body. I'm, I might be there's completely a, wrong. There's a Kelpie horse, which is half, the front half is a horse and the bottom half is a fish, but I'm sure that there's one with a human. A Selkie. It's a Celtic and Norse myth, and they're seal folk. Well, it still looks like they have, like, female or, like, the face of a human, but, like, the yeah. body of a of a seal. So. A full-on seal, yeah. It's less like a beautiful fin, and it's more <laughs> of, like, a flubbery yeah. <laughs> bottom. But a reverse mermaid with just the fish head, and it's just saying, like, fish noises, but, like, yes. the body. I love that. We need we need a reverse mermaid love story. That's a level 100 sexy, so yes. that's already off Absolutely. of our radar. So, yeah, so the sirens, these were talked a lot about in um, Homer's Odyssey and things like that. They basically describe these, like, bird women who will be on islands, and they really want to lure sailors through their song so they have all of these different stories in um the odyssey and things like that where basically odysseus uh said that you have to strap me to the mast of the boat because when we sail by these sirens i'm not going to be able to control myself the song is going to make me go nuts and i'm going to you know dive into the water so you have to strap me to the boat and that's what he had to do have you heard of that story before? yes i have um he wanted to like sort of have the best of both worlds and listen to the beautiful song and, yes. and be lured but not uh, not have to go um you know, all the way and crashes boat into the rocks. Me when like cruel summer comes on, I'm like, it's making me go crazy. <laughs> no, I, yeah, ten minute all too well when it gets in its groove. Like I do want to crash my car just listening to that. Like driving, like cra- it's very, it's kind of a similar vibe. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then they say that yeah, these basically they're kind of like birds because they have bird feathers and scaly feet and things like that. And uh, another thing about the sirens, too, is they allegedly play music with harps. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, if I had to pick the most, like, beautiful, graceful, like, feminine, elegant type of instrument, I would probably pick the harp, but I think the sexiest might be the saxophone if you had to grade instruments. Hmm. I've never seen a saxophone as sexy but I kind I of maybe hear just the you. noise because I'm like yeah. jazz, false god. Yeah, they're bringing they're bringing you know an energy with the saxophone. Gosh, <laughs> sexy! I just think of like a guitar. Like I want yeah. somebody just serenade me on guitar or like or shred like an some. electric. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I'm I don't know. That's kind of basic, but yeah, I love a guitar. No, that's like rock or sexy, and I'm I'm like speakeasy sexy. It's okay. like different yeah. vibes of sexy. Absolutely. Um, what I find interesting about sirens is just this this idea that the the female sexuality is dangerous. That, yes. That men's like misogyny is in some part is so much rooted in men's fear of women, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just a story about oh gosh, a woman will just ruin your life if you let her. Like, don't get too close, kind of. And yes. it's just sort of this. You know, it, I just think, I don't know. I think in our in our folklore, we can see so much about what we think about ourselves. And I'm not, you know, it's not surprising that sort of these weird sort of almost misogynistic, like not quite, I'm not trying to like be a downer on the party, but like just this idea that women are so afraid of men 
that they almost don't want to, or men are so afraid of women that they almost don't want to approach. But it's really in the grand scheme of things, women should be more afraid of men, right? Just from a violence standpoint. Yes. And you're right. It's that idea of like women have like this all powerful vagina. You know, Mm -hmm. I think of that all the time where you think about celebrity stories where somebody's cheating and it's like, oh my God, well, Tristan Thompson was like lured in by like Jordan Woods or like Adam Levine was lured in by Sumner. And it's like, "Mm, no, these were like fully capable beings who like, you know, they could protect themselves from like a pussy being thrown at them. You know, it's just like ridiculous. But these concepts are like, oh my God, like, a guy will just be in a boat trying to go along his way and like the woman's sexuality is like just going to lure him in and absolutely be dangerous and it's like something that he can't resist. It's like, yeah, you can resist it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just – I'd be curious what you think about this. You know, there's all those tweets and they've probably been reblogged on Tumblr and things like that where they basically say that excuse for women being abused when men are like, oh, well, you should have seen what she was wearing. And it's like, well, bi women and gay women aren't being like Mm -hmm. abusive because like, oh, they also are seeing something that they're attracted to, but they're not doing anything for the most part physically violent as a reaction to it. So I feel like that just kind of shows like in terms of gender reacting to sexuality and like, quote, not being able to control themselves. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. It's just, you know, we have a not to bring the Halloween party vibe down, but you know, we do have an issue in this country and this world with misogyny and just men sort of, you know, um, the idea of sirens where a man is just drawn to a woman. So he's so out of control. It's not his fault. He crashes an entire boat into an entire Island. Like he was under the woman's spell and those ideas have remained with us. And it sort of just shows how pervasive and, and the power of mythology, which is why I think it's important that we sit down and examine these stories from time to time because we can learn things about ourselves but yeah love the idea this is basically yeah it's like a story of like testosterone's kryptonite basically so uh i would probably rank sirens as like a 10 sexy because they literally are singing to drive you nuts and then i would probably also rate them as like a 10 danger because it just seems like they have a very high success rate if you have to be strapped to a boat what would you say i i'm with you 10 sexy 100 percent. my question is as women are we as, as at the same risk or men i feel like as women we could just drive by and enjoy it you know i would literally like paddle my canoe out i'd be like no 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 like i want you to sing to me and they'd be like sorry <laughs> no I, song for you <laughs> i feel like we'd be fine if they did though i don't yeah. think you know i feel like it's like the same thing of like lesbians and bi women aren't like losing control of themselves when they see a beautiful woman dressed in a certain way so like yeah. i feel like if that's the sort of um parallel we're taking to like modern day society we're fine we can just go enjoy the hotness in the song and be chill about it there we go catch me on a cruise nothing to nothing to worry about there but for men 10 danger agreed yes for men 10 for women zero you'll just be buddies with them now up next we have the minotaur uh Mm. who lives in a labyrinth uh what do you know about this cryptid um I'm familiar with the story of the labyrinth and, you know, the creator of it. Did you see the David Bowie movie? I have not. Um, My, when I think Minotaur, I think American Horror Story season three, Mm. um, where uh, Queenie, one of the witches, is like involved with the Minotaur. Spoilers for a season that's like 10 years old. You guys all should have watched it by now. Um, (laughs) But it's like, it's very sensual. And here you go. Here is your creature that has the head of a bull, but, a different, but yeah. the body of a man. There's your switcheroo. And frankly, I'm I'm sorry, that show, I mean, that show's edgy. It's for adults. I'm not saying it's like a, you know, but it's kind of hot. Like that whole situation was kind of hot to me. Like not super, but like, come on. Um, and also back to that idea of like, a, like what makes like a man, you know, I feel like a bull has like so much testosterone, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just like this bullish type of creature versus like if you stuck like a cat head on a human body, <laughs> I'd be like, it's adorable, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the min- Minotaur is, you know, I do think these cryptids in a, a big way, it's just us understanding ourselves as monsters. So the mm. Minotaur sort of captures, you know, the potential violence of the, of the human or the man. Um, and that, that sort of test, that testosterone, testerical, uh, Ooh. energy. Um, and I don't know, it's, you know, the idea of this creature being trapped away in a labyrinth with you, it's pretty incredible. 
Yeah, and it's, uh, I think he's typically pictured with like some axe or like something to beat the shit out of you, basically. And he's in the center of a labyrinth, which is, you know, this, this maze that's constructed. And in Greek mythology, they basically say that there's all this story. He, he like traveled, he was given as a gift between God to God to God, and he was supposed to be sacrificed, but this one God kept him alive. And as a punishment, basically, somebody of somebody, it's like, I don't know any of these gods. I'm so sorry. It's just that there's 17 of them. And if I listed them all out, like, trust me, you would get bored too. But basically, there was a demand that seven um, kids or like teens from Athens had to be sent every ninth year to be sacrificed to the Minotaur and eaten and devoured by him. And there would be seven maidens. There's like always something about virgins back then. And there was the third time that this was happening. And then there was some hero from Athens who volunteered to go. And he went as like one of these, you know, sacrificial lambs. And he actually ended up killing the monster. Um, But I feel like, you know, I don't know, seven virgins. I feel like the number seven is sometimes important, but every ninth year, you have to wonder when they come up with these myths, how do they pick these nonsensical numbers? And like, why is it always virgins? I guess because virginity was like currency back then. I don't know. I mean, I agree, you know, with your comments on virginity, but what I'll say, I'm so horny for Greek mythology. It's so good. It's just, uh, I love the stories. I love the pantheon of gods. I love, I love how like everything in the modern day, like everything that happens in the world, the Greeks were like, well, actually that God is seeing this God and they actually did this. And that's why this exists. I love that sort of origins of everything that they came up with. Um, and I, you know, I'm not sure how they came up with these numbers or years, but I kind of have a theory because like, you know, like on my podcast, we're talking about Taylor Swift a lot and, and celebs and what they're up to. And I gave an interview recently where I said like, the reason we do all this is like these celebs, these A-listers, the Kardashians, the you know, Taylor Swift of it all, they're our pantheon of Greek gods. So mm, we, we, ap- yes. we apply all these mythologies to them and all these stories and we say, you know, oh, well, this, is, this happened and everybody knows that this is what happened. And it's like, we don't know for sure, but we're just so certain of it because it's like, it's our yes. folklore, if you will. Yes. And so I'm sure like the Greeks back then, like I'm sure there's wonderful reasons. Like just think of any Kaler song analysis you've heard. Like, you know, the Greeks are out there doing the same thing. Like, oh, well then Zeus did this and then the Minotaur. And uh, I'm just obsessed. Um, so I, you know, I couldn't tell you how they came up with some of these things, but I feel like I know the the process with which it happened because like, I feel very involved in that similar process today. Oh, totally. I mean, you're right. It's just like, instead of numbers nowadays, you look at like the sun emoji and you're like, oh my God, Carly Kloss. Or you look at the snake and you're like Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian. Like somebody a hundred years from now will be like, that's literally a snake emoji and there's no greater meaning to it. Like mm-hmm. each generation assigns meaning to stuff. Okay. So sexy and danger i'm gonna say he's probably like a nine danger because he seems pretty brutal but like he was killed how embarrassing Mm -hmm. and i would say like maybe like a three sexy you don't think it's hot i kind of need a little bit of a face you know what i mean like i I will say there are some animals that are sexy nobody come for me like the like a black jaguar especially when they have the green eyes Mm -hmm. that's a fuckable animal and like i don't even care if that gets clipped it really is but a bull i don't know about a bull I, I'm, I, maybe I am telling on myself or something here. Like obviously grand scheme of things, I don't find animals to be sexual at all, but like just the vibe, animals can have sexy vibes, like just beautiful vibes, regal vibes, you know, um, Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 sexy on the Minotaur. I, I'm into it. I'm into, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that American horror story just set me up for something here, but I, I do okay. think they're very sexy. Agree, very dangerous though, but not as okay. since they did, it did get killed. Embarrassing. Well, Agree. I'm going to have to look at that American horror story clip. Maybe I'll text you after. Maybe I'll change my mind and I'll be like, you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. Okay. Um, moving along, we got Medusa and Gorgons, um, which basically a Gorgon, I think, describes a cryptid with the ability to turn something into stone because I played video games with Gorgons before. Mm -hmm. But Medusa is how we typically identify this person. And Medusa has a really tragic Greek backstory. I mean, which Greek backstory is like sunshine and roses. But you know of her as the woman with her hair that exists of live venomous snakes and her stare can tear, her, her stare can turn a man into stone. 
where have you seen Medusa before or any thoughts that you've had on her? <clears throat> I feel like I've, I've always sort of been vaguely aware of Medusa. My sister was really into Greek mythology when I was little. She's mm-hmm. a bit older than me. So then like I kind of picked up some of it. And then, I, you know, the Percy Jackson books, um, I know she's represented there. I maybe it's just I am in the habit of like being an apologist for problematic women. Um, <laughs> I am definitely a Medusa apologist, but I feel like we don't have to get into the gory details, but she does have a very tragic backstory and really yeah. didn't deserve anything of what happened to her, if I'm remembering it correctly. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that there was, like, sexual abuse in her story, which happens, you know, a lot. Like, Zeus basically, like, should have been locked up. He's, like, worse than Epstein in here. <laughs> and um, the reason that she dies is, like, basically somebody, I think, she's mortal, and her two other sisters are immortal, But somebody, you know, a dishonorable king demanded an impossible gift, the head of Medusa. So then this guy went to go kill her in her sleep and he used a polished shield to deflect her reflection. So then that way he wasn't petrified. He beheaded her with a sword and then he brought her head back. And this gets like really metal. He would use her head to turn sea monsters Mm -hmm. into stone. So like when he's on his ship, he would just like whip out her head and be like, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I, you know, I think it's horrible that he killed her, but I will say that's, that's kind of a metal move to turn sea monsters into stone. Oh, absolutely. Now, if we're going to be ranking her on hotness, are we ranking her as a whole or just the head? I'm going to say her at her prime. I'm okay, like Medusa sure. before she hit the wall. So yeah. like, <laughs> okay. Just making sure. So, it's yeah, a different, like, you know, there's a difference. Well, well, now I want to hear, does it, how many points does she drop off when her body gets to What if I was like, actually, it's hotter if it's just that? (laughs) (laughs) I do think the whole person is hotter. The whole person is hotter. Um, And I would say she's maybe like, I would give her maybe an eight sexy because she's very sexy, but she's also terrifying and she does scare me. Yeah. um, I feel like I would be very distracted by the snakes. I actually like snakes. I think they're really cute, but like just, it's a lot going on. I do have ADHD. It's a lot going on for me to like be attracted to that. It's just, I don't think it would work out. I feel like I'm going to give her like a, a a six or seven, like a hard seven. Cause I do think she's beautiful, but like the snakes are a bit of a, like, that's just confusing to me. Although the Minotaur wasn't for some reason. I don't know. I know you're like, but he made complete sense. Everything. God. Yeah, Medusa. I forgot about snakes. I do have a fear of them. Mm. I'm giving her a zero. Yeah, that's Can't not gonna work for you snakes. guys. Yeah, Mm-mm. but danger. I would say probably. Like, what, what do you mean? You're scared to look at someone? Yeah. You know, that's a ten. I don't want to be turned to stone. Ten danger. Yeah, ten danger. Absolutely. Although then I would be a statue, and it could be like, oh my god, everybody listen to the podcast and like hail the statue, <laughs> like badass. You know, put a little speaker at the bottom of it. It'd be a badass way to go out. Like if you were terminal or you're like, you know. I had old age, you know, whatever. It just yes. like, yes, make me a statue. And then that like, would you rather be slashed in a labyrinth or turned into stone? Easily, stone. just like, boom, into stone. I want to talk to you about Osea. They are a California-based skincare and body care brand. For over 25 years, they've been making clean, vegan, and cruelty-free skincare products. They use seaweed, which is actually pretty cool, as their main ingredient because it's this nutrient-rich superfood with endless benefits. And right now, available for a limited time, they have something called the Osea Bestseller Minis Collection. And these types of gifts are my favorite to, if we're being honest, to receive, but also to give. So if you have a friend who's been interested in Osea and they want a little bit of like a sampling, a variety pack of their products, this is a six-piece set. It's got three best-selling face products and then also three incredible best-selling body moisturizers. So you can get this now for a very limited time. And if you want to pick it up, Fluently Forward listeners will get 10% off of their first order with promo code FLUENTLY at oseamalibu.com. You also get free samples with every order and orders over $50 will get free shipping. So once again, you can get 10% off at Osea. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com and the promo code is FLUENTLY. Okay, up next we have fairies. And there's so many different types of fairies throughout so many different types of cultures. For example, like we think of fairies as kind of like the fairy godmother or Tinkerbell. Um, In Celtic 
Irish culture, there are fairies that are spelled F-A-E-R-I-E, or they're also called fae. Have you heard of that cryptid specifically? I have heard of fae, uh, particularly there's a, sh- a Canadian sci-fi TV show called Lost Girl. Um, that I was very you know into. so many niche TV shows. It's I'm incredible. just a fucking loser. Um, <laughs> and, and the Fae in their world were just like magical creatures. So sort of like almost like another word for kind of cryptid or mythological being. Um, yeah. But the fairies I go with, uh, like I know, like you said, there's tons. Some were mischievous. Some were evil. Some are, you know, a benevolent force. You have your Tinkerbells, your fairy godmother. But, you know, I think the fairies I like to go with is the, the True Blood mythology fairies. Have you, did you ever watch True Blood? No, I, it was a little like when I was growing up, that was the show that was like too sexy for me to watch. Wasn't allowed. Oh, really? I feel like maybe I watched it late, but um, it is yeah. very, very sexy, very hot. Yes. Um, and there are fairies in that show and they're just sort of, I don't know. They're just, you know, mythical. They're, they're sort of, they appear as human, but they do have special powers. Um, and they're not very much like the fairies of like Celtic lore, but. That's just yeah. my the strongest association I have with fairies. Because the Celtic ones, they'll fuck you up. Like you don't want to find those fairies. Absolutely. Like you want to protect yourself against those fairies. They're like terrifying. They're like they're like evil spirits. They steal from you a lot. And sometimes they steal from you just to fuck with you. Or sometimes they're like very mischievous and just like ill-intentioned. But then you also have the version of fairies where, which by the way, Tinkerbell, how old do you think Tinkerbell is? That is a good question. I I assume she's eternal. Either eternal, but also, like, young. I feel like Tinkerbell was, like, pretty sexualized in the movies. Uh, and maybe yes. I'm giving myself away as a pervert. Like, <laughs> No. I just feel like, you know, like, her skirt barely covered her vulva. And she's, like, always getting spanked to do stuff. Oh, and, like, yeah, just damn. being a little bit cheeky. Like, I don't know. No, I don't think you're a pervert. I think the people who made Disney movies were perverts. I mean, I there's think, that I whole think it's conspiracy a little bit theory about, like, the <laughs> yeah. hidden sexual m- meanings in Disney. I'm sure you'll, yes. you have touched on or will touch on at some point. But, um, yeah. and I mean, any, any costume that, like, it doesn't need any, like, horrification to be a Halloween costume, a sexy Halloween costume. Like, <laughs> Tinkerbell, no changes. If you want to be a fucking slut on Halloween, you don't have to take the hemline up or anything. So I think yes. you're right. Tinkerbell was, like, very overly sexualized, and perverts didn't make those movies. And it is funny how different it goes. Like, Ariel, you know, she's, like, a 16-year-old with the tiniest waist of all time just wearing a bra. But then you do have Alice in Wonderland, and that dress is, like, down to her ankles. So... You know, it's not, you you never know what you're going to get whenever Disney puts out a movie. Okay, fairies, obviously they're basically just humans, but they have the wings of like insects. They have these like tiny, sometimes transparent wings. And uh, I mean, I would probably give them 10 out of 10 sexy because they're entirely human with wings. And if I had to think what animal accessory, you know, it's not that sexy to give yourself a tail. It's not that sexy to give yourself antenna, but to give yourself wings, I'd say 10 out of 10 for fairies. Absolutely. Um, Anybody with wings is instantly fuckable. Uh, Agree (laughs) 10 out of 10. And then for danger, I think it just depends on, you know, which fairy, which fairy, what mood they're in, what they're up to. So, um, you know, it could, it could vary. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of things with wings, this is a classic debate, and I play... Have you ever played the iPhone game Romance Club? I have not. It is so stupid. I can't even believe I'm speaking. It's stupid, but also awesome. It's like like a choose-your-own-adventure of different, like, love books. It's an iPhone game where you get to, like, you know, like, you go through the episode by, like, answering questions, and you get to dress up your avatar. There's a story on it called Heaven's Secret, which I love. And based on the choices, you either get two love interests who you pursue, and one is the angel, and one is the demon. And if you had to pick, you know, sexiest quote-unquote mytho- mytholo- mythological, there we go, creature, angel or demon, who would you be taking home? Um, it has to be, I I, I think it, ha- it would have to be a demon. Yeah, because I think so too. Because they're going to, I'm sorry, it's going to be better, right? Yeah. I think so. It's just angels, they are cool because they do have the wings, and I feel like you kind of associate demons with the tail if you're going to talk about, like, animal accessories on human bodies, 
But there is just something about demons where it's like we like the villain. We like the anti-hero to, to quote Midnight's now. But there's just like something about a little bit of a complicated character. And maybe it's the vibe of like I'm fixing them or I could change them. But if an angel is already perfect, it's like, OK, great. Now, like I'm the imperfect one who wants to stand next to that. A hundred percent. I, I, and also I, listen, I'm, I don't, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of angel you're talking about, but I do not vibe that well with Christians. So like, it's just not, I don't see it working out with an angel unless it's like more of a, you know, a different, I mean, there are different tellings of angels and different mythologies that, that have angels, but I'm just like the angel that I hear as like a person who's raised in America, like around a bunch of Baptists, like I don't want anything to do with that angel. And I feel like, the demon is going to be a better time. And frankly, like way less judgmental, like way better in the bed. Like, come on. It's yeah. demons all the way. Yeah. Who's less of a wet blanket? Have you heard that theory? Oh, my God. I remember when I was on this side of TikTok, I don't know how it happened, where they basically said that if you have a sex dream or an X-rated dream, that's like the devil trying to have sex with you or that's like a demon having sex with Like if you're having sex in a dream – that's a succubus. Yes, we are going to talk about this down the line. Okay, um, okay. I'm excited to talk about that because I've had those dreams before and I'm like, mm-hmm. they kind of know what they're doing. Do you want to <laughs> hear about the fucking scariest dream? It This relates in. Do you want to hear about the scariest dream I've ever heard? I've ever had? Yes, 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 okay, yes. So I have um, sleep paralysis and have since oh. I was a child. So instantly, oh. you know that's scary. Um, when I was about nine, I was having sort of a bout of sleep paralysis. And the thing is you're kind of awake, but then you can slip very quickly into dreams. It's, you're very much on the edge of consciousness and unconsciousness. And I dreamt that an angel came to me and said, this is what hell is going to be like after you die. And then sent me to hell. Oh, and it was burning hot, red, (sighs) painful, scary. You said you were nine. Yeah. Church fucks little kids up, guys. Oh, it really does. It really does. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. How did you how long were you like in there for? How did you get out of it? <clears throat> I don't know. I just, you know, I have little tricks for waking myself up during sleep paralysis. Like I'll breathe really fast and then that'll kind of make my brain think, "Oh, oh gosh, something's going on. We've got to wake up." But I I don't know. I it, I just I just remember and I remember waking up so terrified and just it was horrible. And I know like there's people out there listening. They're like, girl, that was real. I do not believe it was real. Very much like an agnostic or atheist even. But um, somebody would somebody told you that was real. I was like, no, that's definitely a dream. Well, I, just people believe like people believe and people believe in hell. You know, it's pretty, I'm from the South. So like even more. Yeah. Of that. I don't know that anybody has told me that's real. But I know there are people out there in the world that I could tell that story to. And they'd be like, girl, that was a warning stop being gay, like, or whatever, you know? (laughs) So I just, uh, it was horrifying. Um, but you know, sleep paralysis demons, man, and angels can be demons sort of in that way, you know? Yes. And it goes a lot hand in hand. Like basically in the Bible, whenever an angel comes to greet someone, they're always telling someone, be not afraid, be not afraid. And I was always like, why, like, why would you be afraid? It's an angel. But the angels show themselves as these very demonic creatures. Mm-hmm. Like they're terrifying mm-hmm. that when, you know, in the Bible, when they reveal themselves and that's why whenever they, they deliver a message, they're like, don't pass out. I'm here to tell you a message and like not to devour your soul or something like that. Have you ever tried, this works for me in nightmares. Um, sometimes I go to hug the demon or tell mm. the demon that I love it because I am anxiously attached. And whenever that <laughs> happens, I wake up relatable with the anxious attachment um (laughs) no usually what happens in when I'm having like terror dreams like scary scary dreams I just sort of accept that I'm gonna die and sometimes I'll just sort of like Michael Myers will be chasing me or like you know a killer will be chased the the jigsaw guy will be chasing me and I'll just be like fine fuck it bring it on like I'm and I usually sacrifice myself to protect my loved ones in dreams like I do, so I do sweet. it. I don't know. It's crazy that I do, but I'm just like, no, like I have to do the right thing. I have to save them. And then, you know, that, then I kind of wake up after I die. Wait, 10 points to Gryffindor <laughs> in your dreams, Maybe. like doing the right thing. Maybe. Very honorable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we had to rate sexy, would we say angel one, demon eight? Cause they have to be a hot demon. <clears throat> I am going to give angels absolutely a one because as mm-hmm. you said in the Bible, they're terrifying. They also do a bunch of horrible things. 
Yeah. Um, they, and then they're like, but God told me to do it. Yeah. It's like, damn it. So I'm just angels, <laughs> boo, no, don't want. Um, and I'm going to give them a one. Demons, uh, eight, nine, ten. I mean, it, it depends on the demon. I'm sure there's some demons we don't want anything to do with. Yeah, depends on the demon. They yeah. have to, and they also have to be fit. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. you're a demon doesn't make you hot. Framebridge makes it easier than ever to custom frame everything that matters without ever having to leave your house. My favorite type of activity, not leaving. That means that you can easily give a thoughtful gift this holiday season. I have used Framebridge before. I used it. I got this gorgeous print of a piece of artwork I loved at the Met. And of course, they printed it in the most absurd style ever. The dimensions did not exist for frames anywhere online. I needed a custom frame and Framebridge was able to frame my piece of artwork print from the Met and it was beautiful and gorgeous. And my friends have used Framebridge before for birthday gifts for their friends, um, photos that they take on their iPhone, wanting to turn them into physical gifts or pictures that they can give people for their birthday, which I always think is just such a nice classy thing to do. So if you want to use Framebridge, very easy. You go to framebridge.com, upload your photo. If you have a physical piece to frame like I did, they send you complimentary packaging to safely mail it in. You get to pick your frame styles and they make it very, very easy. They also start at just $39 plus free shipping. So if you want to get started today, either framing your photos or giving someone the perfect gift, you can go to framebridge.com and place your order today. Okay, we're going to move on to one that is not as sexy, but then again, you really like the Minotaur. So, like, I don't uh, know. <laughs> um, Bigfoot, mm. little, little Sasquatch situation, a large, hairy, human-like creature that is believed to be in the northwest part of the United States. And recently, I don't know if you've been reading articles about this, People have started to re-look for Bigfoot. There's like a group of maybe about 40 scientists who do these Zoom calls twice every month where they all try to talk about tracking Bigfoot. And it recently got leaked and they were basically saying that they didn't want to publicize it because they didn't want anyone to think that they were freaks, but like they do believe and they are trying to find Bigfoot. Have you heard about that? I mean, I'm aware that the search for Bigfoot sort of continues on. Um, with TikTok coming out, there's been, like, more sightings, like, blurry videos of... But oh. I think they're probably fake. But, but you know, um, yeah. TikTok has resurged, you know, like, any any social media, any video communication, sort of, like, you get, oh, you know, we got this on tape, we've got this on tape. And I have spent some time on cryptid TikTok. Cryptalk? I don't know what they call it. But um, I have seen some, like oh, look at this creature. Is it Bigfoot? Is it not? Um, and to, to me, Bigfoot is like a proper, like, I guess if there is a delineation between like mythological beings, such as your, your Minotaur or your angels and demons and like cryptid, it would be mm. Bigfoot kind of brings us to the cryptid home turf um, for any like crypto heads that are like listening. Uh, big, I, I, I haven't been keeping up with the search though. I will say that. Like, I don't know. I kind of... I'm such a skeptic that I'm sort of like, do do possible, you know, relatives of man, sort of relatives of the Homo sapien, like close cousins of the Homo sapien, still exist out, you know, ape creatures in small pockets of remote wilderness areas. Yes, I feel like that is such a real possibility, of course, like kind of the same way we talked about like the giant squid and stuff. We can't necessarily know everything that exists out there on our planet. Um, but does Bigfoot exist? I'm not sure. Like, because I think some of the videos have proven to be hoaxes, you know, that famous yeah. one where he like looks back and I feel like they did analysis and, yes. and they were like, okay, so you can tell it's a human like doing in a costume. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. But, um, I love me some Bigfoot. It is sort of one of the original cryptids. And I don't know, have you, like, what's, what are your memories of Bigfoot? Did you have, like, that in your childhood? Like, oh, Bigfoot's out there. I feel like everyone knew of Bigfoot, but I was never really super into it because I don't know, like, once again, what can I say? I'm, I'm like, really into the ones that are, like, are a little bit uh, sexy or beautiful. Mm -hmm. Sorry, no shade to Bigfoot if he is listening right now with some AirPods in. Um, and then I was also confused because Bigfoot is called Sasquatch, 
But then I was also confused about the Yeti. And mm-hmm. the Yeti is different than Bigfoot because they say that, once again, it's, it's like an ape-like folklore creature. And they say that the Yeti lives in the Himalayan mountains mm-hmm. rather than Bigfoot Sasquatch, who is in, you know, northwestern U.S. or Canada or things like that. I feel like they don't know much about Bigfoot, but Yeti, they talk about in Legends as being very like shy, peaceful creatures who didn't want to bother anyone. Although I'm kind of like, well, if they're both big ape-like creatures, like maybe they're the same, just in different spots. Uh, right, like a yeah, polar I mean, bear versus a black bear. It sounds like kind of that kind of difference. Yes, like. yeah, something like that. So I would probably give them for danger, I would say like one, because I mean, it's not like they have a reputation for doing anything horrible. And if they've, you know, allegedly been around for a long time, like nobody's died from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like big, bigfoots are not dangerous. I think if anything, they're more scared of us than we are of them. So I would just low danger, but low hotness as well. I'm not I'm not into it. It's not like yeah. the Minotaur. It's a different thing. Sorry, big guy. But yeah, yeah I got to give him like a one on the sexy probably. Yeah. Up next, we got centaurs. <sighs> so the upper body of a human, lower body of legs uh, of a horse or lower body and the legs of a horse. These also come from Greek mythology. And it's funny because I remember when they made an appearance in Harry Potter, they were kind of like, we're centaurs. Like we're better than you. Like we're centaurs. But in the original myths, they're like assholes. They're super savage. They're brutal. Um, they love getting drunk. I think they follow the Di- Dionysus or whatever, the mm-hmm. god of wine. And um, yeah, so basically originally they're described as like the horse part taking over and they're super brutal and rough. And then in updated versions, they're kind of like a warrior race, a little bit intellectual and things like that. So you have two different personalities of them. Thoughts on centaurs? Um, I'm into it. I think it's fun. Um, I'm trying to say it when you say into it, not like that. It's no, okay. no. Cause I feel like <laughs> they're no minotaur. Well, the minotaur stands upright, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he That's does. the difference. I need it. The, I'm not four legs is a no four legs is like, mm, you know, I see <laughs> too, the vision. Too much animal. I yeah. see the vision. I see the vision, but no, um, but I think I would want to ride one because yes. I used to be a horse girl and it's like a horse you could talk to. I'd be like, great. Now I can ride a horse and I don't have to shut the fuck up. It's like beautiful. Yeah. A hundred percent. I could see that being a big deal for a horse girl to meet a centaur. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think I have any strong feelings about centaurs. I remember them in Harry Potter and how they're kind mm-hmm. of aloof. Uh, and I don't know. I feel like. I don't, I'd feel like maybe I don't know the proper origin story or I'd be more into it. Yeah. But you know, I would give them kind of like a six, seven sexy. Cause I feel like they've always got like that yacked chest mm-hmm. and like, they're kind of like big shoulders and stuff. And it's like, well, that's strong. So you got to give them half the points for sexy. They get half the points for half the body. Yeah. Five, six, seven, you know, a lot of them were certainly attractive in my mind, yeah. but, um, and danger, I'd say maybe like five, six. Cause I think they're warriors, but they're also drunk. So you could probably just like trip them. Are there away. any female centaurs? I don't think so. I mean, at least in, in these myths, they're all described as men, but I'm sure like modern versions have probably, you know, given them a couple boobs or something. Yeah. Okay. Up next. I know this one you have feelings about Nessie, the Loch Ness monster. Uh, thoughts on Nessie before I get into it, because I know that you like her. I mean, I'm very into Nessie. She is a she. Um, she. I love the idea of a pleosaur, um, so like a water dinosaur just hiding out. And I just, maybe maybe not Nessie, like maybe not in Loch Ness. And maybe, you know, there's also like Champ, the Michigan Lake Champagne or whatever oh, champlain maybe that. sorry but th- we have a we have a nessie in america called champ um just all of, all of that i i'm very into um i love i just i love dinosaurs and i just if any dinosaurs are left they are in the water right that's where we'll find them so the yes. spirit of nessie i believe in um nessie in particular like the actual history around Nessie, I actually did a bit of a deep dive on, and it left me very skeptical that like Nessie exists in that lake. But the spirit of Nessie, I believe, I love. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, water creatures, and we talked about this um, when I did my episode about our aliens in the ocean. It's like we just don't like we can't say for certain if something is or isn't in there because like that ocean goes deep, like way beyond anything that we could check out every day and like scope out. Mm-hmm. So. It could exist. Um, So, yeah, people thought that Nessie existed in 
Loch Ness, Scotland. A lot of the evidence, kind of like Bigfoot, has been discredited at this point. Um, but basically, this goes back to ancient times. There were a lot of stone carvings that were depicting this creature, a beast with flippers. And that's kind of when people draw Nessie, that's what it looks like. And then there was something um, that happened in 1933. Basically, there was a road adjacent to Loch Ness, and a couple said that this enormous monster, which they compared to a dragon or a prehistoric monster, had crossed over their car's path and disappeared into the water. And it was reported in a newspaper. Um, it was in the Daily Mail, which which like wouldn't have known that it was like back, you know, around in 1933. Then they found some footprints that were discovered to be a hoax and, you know, actually man-made. So it's gone back and forth, but I don't know, Loch Ness Monster has like stuck around a lot. Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot, they've stuck around a lot more than I think some of these other cryptids have. And I wonder why. Yeah. Um, Nessie to me is like a proper cryptid, uh, as in like, it's this sort of thing we think we might even have hard evidence for um mm -hmm. agree a lot of the evidence for Nessie was debunked and it turned out like it turned out at one point the most famous picture of Nessie was a hoax and for like 60 or 70 years grown ass men who like held positions on like the at the museum of natural science in the area or like whatever covered up for this hoax because they wanted it to be so real and it just like <laughs> It reminded me of like, you know, in fandoms where like people will believe things even though there's no evidence and it just yes. sort of like people will just people want to believe what they want to believe no matter what. Um, Nessie, the story of Nessie is very much like a just the phenomenon of I want like people wanting to believe and almost being misleading and telling lies and stuff to to have yeah. other people believe too. And I've I've like did this deep dive on it and my mind was kind of blown because it just reminds me of other things and, you know, in the fandom world or whatever. Did you know that Nessie is actually raising Carly Kloss and Louis Thomas's exactly. baby? Exactly. That's it's crazy. I, they're, they're all in a thruple. It's on the level of that. Like <laughs> Nessie is, yes, Nessie is involved with both of them. Um, but uh, you had in your notes something about like Nessie's such a cute name that you envisioned like a cute creature. You mentioned yeah. Pokemon. Absolutely, it's a Lapras for anyone who's yes. into Pokemon. It's a Lapras, obviously. Like yes. that just is Nessie. And um, agree, like adorable, want a Nessie for a pet, probably wouldn't fuck it. Yeah. So I'll give it like a one for sexy because it's cute, mm -hmm. but it's not sexy. It's not and sexy. Probably, like, also, like, a two or a one for danger because, like, you never really hear – you hear of it being a monster, but you don't hear of it, like, tearing men from limb from limb or anything like that. Right. Nessie never did anything, like, violent. Yes. Um, yeah, I'd agree. You know, it's definitely, it's definitely a good-looking animal. Like, it's beautiful, but not hot or sexy. So, agree. Yes. And it's not dangerous either in my mind. Yeah. That's how I think of like blonde adult men. I'm like, you can have an attractive face, but are you sexy? Mm, who knows? Okay. What What do you know of Mothman? Um, a little bit. Uh, my sister I recently like spent a summer working near where it all went down, like the Mothman area. Um, Wait, is that was in West Virginia, right? Yes, she was yeah. just working there. And then she came back and she never even went to the Mothman Museum. So. <gasps> they have a museum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I actually, like, I've seen the Mothman prophecies. But right now, like, as I sit here, I d honestly, I don't know that much about the Mothman. What do you know about the Mothman? So the Mothman, I just feel like he pops up in conspiracy places online. So I've heard of the Mothman. And when we had on song theory to talk about conspiracy theories, he was telling us about the conspiracy theory that the song Lights by Ellie Goulding is about Mothman. It's, Wait, that's tea. <laughs> it's a serenade to Mothman. Um, and basically he's this humanoid creature. And in West Virginia in around like 1967, 1966, there were like reports of him being seen and they were written up in the newspaper talking about how couples were seeing this man-sized bird creature or something like that. And uh, some people say that he's like a humanoid creature. Some people say that he's a human who can transform into Mothman <laughs> and he terrorized West Virginia. And he's this winged humanoid who is like seven feet tall. He's got a wingspan 
span of 10 to 15 feet. He's some kind of dark color, so black, gray, brown, and he can fly over 100 miles per hour, and he's got these bright, glowing red eyes, and some people say he doesn't even have a head. He's just got, like, two fat red eyes that glow at you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he can fold his wings and walk. Apparently when he walks, it's a weird shuffle that, quote, many witnesses compare to a penguin. So (laughs) knock off a couple sexy points for that. And when he flies, he unfolds his wings and he shoots straight up with great speed. And uh, if you take a look at him, like if you look him in the eyes, you feel, feel this intense fear and paranoia, and then you suffer from psychological distress after you make eye contact with him, which like, by the way, let's set him and Medusa up. They could just like stare at each other and like freeze and freak out and freeze and freak out. So well, maybe they neutralize each other and it would like work out. It's true love, the little yin, yin and yang mm-hmm. together. So um, yeah, so that's him and like, I got to be honest, don't know how many sexy points I can give him. He does not sound that hot. No, I'm not into it. I'm not into the insect adjacentness. Can I ask, does he have a motive? Like, does he eat humans? I feel like in the movie he was, like, just driving them insane for fun. Yeah, it doesn't sound like – it sounds like he's terrorizing the village, but it doesn't sound like he's consuming the village. He must feed off of fear. You know, sometimes creatures do that. And so – he must be feeding off of fear. That's what I'm going to assume. I'm not into it. This isn't a very fuckable entity to me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not into the insect. I, flying is hot. He, he gets yes. two points for flying just because, and, and height, if you're into that, you know, seven feet tall. That's <laughs> Some women are, you know, that would, so he gets a couple points. But like, um, you know, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it sexy. He does sound dangerous. He does sound and scary. Yeah, mental health is health, so I'm going to give him, like, an eight yeah, for danger. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Agree with you. All right, and then the last one that we're going to end on here, and we're really going to deep dive on this over on your episode, so we'll just do, like, a little TLDR here, but we have to end with vampires. I feel like the original myth and lore of them describes them as terrifying, deathly, pale, sick, fucked-up creatures with, like, this stringy black hair – but then Hollywood turned them very, very sexy. Mm-hmm. So how sexy would you rate typical vampire? And that's however you however you think of him. I think you'll or be her. I think you I agree that the original legends of vampires is just was always a dangerous, disgusting creature in some form or another trying to feed off of humans. But yeah. they got sexy a little sooner than Hollywood. Um, Ooh. vampires Ooh. started being written as these sort of seductive beautiful creatures like even in the 1800s and we're going to talk in depth about one beautiful sexy seductive vampire on my podcast um vampires are very hot I'm very into it and I mean sometimes you know sometimes I've been sitting here like judging some of these on like how real I think they are and I think vampires might be one of the realest that we talk about because there literally have been humans that have like eaten other humans um i mean you don't even have to go as far but Dahmer to see you know somebody sort of consuming other humans in this brutal and violent and scary way um vampires are definitely one of my favorite cryptids or mythological creatures and um they're very hot very fuckable very gay although when you go back to the earliest legends of vampires to your point far less fuckable far more gross and dangerous Yes, but you know what? Let's let's just like imagine that they're sexy because why mm-hmm. not? And I agree with you. That there also is something enticing about this idea of um, like you want something that I already have. You know, I think that kind of goes back to like the hero's journey of like uh, Bella. Bella. Oh my God, what's her last name? Swan. In Twilight. Best. Thank you, Swan. Bella Swan. Where it's like I'm just like drawn to your scent and I can't read your mind and like you didn't even do anything but just you being who you are already perfect or like Harry Potter where it's like you didn't even do anything but you were just born so special and they have that in so many different stories and it fulfills especially when you read these stories as a teenager you're like oh my god like I've always felt different and I've just wanted my different thing to be the special thing that makes me stand out and when this like in these vampire books where they're like the scent of your specific blood is driving me nuts it's like there we go like, you love me, and I didn't need, like, you just knew that I was special because of my blood. And it's like, well, they also want to kill you, so it makes it a little bit complicated. But 
it's a very alluring idea. Yeah, I think it's actually kind of beautiful how we've romanticized vampires because vampires used to sort of exist, and we'll get more depth on on my podcast episode about this, to sort of explain things we didn't understand about illness or um, bodies like... um, Gosh, why am I losing the word? Sickness, health, death. What is it when a body decomposition? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Brain dead over here. (laughs) Um, Vampires helped us understand illnesses or or the body decomposing and and why the body would do certain things. It was sort of helped us understand like that. But then as vampires got sexy and the idea of this creature that needs you and wants you so bad, they have to consume you. Really, I feel like is more of a an allegory or, or an understanding of like human desire and how it overpowers and the sort of the yeah. horrors of human intimacy of how it's so it's bloody and just the desire and they just want to bite and consume and I'm so into it. Um, yes, even <laughs> you just describe it and I'm like, let's go. Yes, um, I love vampires. Love love vampire origin stories and um, I do believe like. I, I believe in the spirit of vampires like a lot more than some of the other things we've talked about. 10 sexy, 10 dangerous, yes. everything. They're everything ten, to me. 10, 10. Yeah. Okay, well, we will finish this vampire discussion over on yours. And by finish, I mean kind of start it because I know we're going to focus on some female vampires. We're going to talk about some of the queer stuff around vampires. I'm very excited. Um, thank you for coming on. And before you go, I have to shout out, we are recording like a little bit before Halloween Mm -hmm. but obviously you have an incredible Patreon and as part of your Patreon right you have access to a Discord I have been on your Discord all of today and yesterday and I've been having the time of my life on there like it's it's such a fun community especially for anyone who wants to talk to people about Taylor Swift it's like my Taylor Swift hotline like there's always people on there talking at all hours of the night. I'm like a huge Discord believer now. Yeah, well, thank you for coming and joining us. When I saw you were chatting with people, I was like, yes, Shannon's going to love it. Um, I felt like such a boomer. I like don't know how to use the reactions. (laughs) I'm like typing with two fingers. I'm like, hello, folks. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to the what I will say Discord. Um, Everybody in there is a fucking genius, and I just feel grateful they want to hang out with me. So yeah, um, come through. If you want to talk Midnight's, if you want to talk Taylor Swift, if you want to talk gossip, we do it all the time. Yes, and theories too, and you spill great tea on your Patreon, and you also get everything up so quick. So anyone who wants to check that out, your your patreon.com slash what I will say, right? Yeah, what I will say everywhere, come hang out. Yay. All right, thank you for coming on. I think this episode was 10 out of 10 sexy, and anytime I talk about conspiracy theories, people say I'm being dangerous, so I'm going to say 10 out of 10 danger too. Absolutely, agreed. <laughs> All right. um, We will talk to you guys again next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Thank you, Cam. Uh, Thank you. All right. Huge thank you to Cam for coming on. That was very fun. And thank you for letting me indulge in some myth, fantasy, conspiracy, because you know I love that stuff. And if you want to go check out Cam's episode on what I will say... I swear to God, the vampire stuff we talked about really, like, it had me Googling stuff for a good couple hours afterwards. It was really fun. So thank you so much for hanging out, and I will talk to you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye, guys. Bye.